Hello Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all of the Star Wars we can get our hands on. This is regular episode number 91. As always, I'm Jacob. I'm Eli. And today we are going to be continuing our chronological rewatch of all of Star Wars with Return to Kamino and Kamino Lost, the season finale of season one of The Bad Batch. A couple of really exciting episodes here. There's some stuff I'm really excited to talk about. So without further ado, Eli, do you have anything to say before we jump into it? No, welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy. We're sorry about that. We we didn't realize that our break was going to be this long. A bunch of shenanigans happened. We also said that the Nerd Herder people were going to be on. Unfortunately, things got messed up. They got sick, and then I got sick, and then Jacob got sick. So I guess this is just a reminder to stay healthy, everybody, because our episode got delayed three times. Because of people getting sick. It's the blue shadow virus. Don't catch the blue shadow virus. It's 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 very dangerous. Doctor Nuvo Vindi, you know you gotta you gotta you gotta beware. And also happy 2023. One final thing about this episode before we begin. I have seen the first three episodes of The Bad Batch season two. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen my reactions to all of them. Jacob has not. And even regardless of all of that, even if Jacob had, or even if both of us hadn't, I. We're going to disregard Bad Batch Season 2. We're going to act like it it doesn't exist for this episode. This was kind of always our intention, even if we did overflow into the Bad Batch area. But we're going to be doing Season 2 of the Bad Batch in a few months. We're going to wait. We're going to let it sit for a little while. We're going to... We're not a news podcast. No offense to anybody who is. We admire the work they do. It's just not our style. But we want to let the Bad Batch Season 2 sit for a little bit, so we're going to be doing Droids in between, and I think also probably Tales of the Jedi as well. And so, with with that disclaimer out of the way, yeah, let's let's get to talking about the final two episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch, man. I remember specifically when these two came out. I I remember actually, I was on, I was on a trip for the, 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 like, the final finale, and I remember just sitting in, like, the hotel room on that trip, just watching the madness as the Topoka city structures descended into the ocean. Yeah, that was an, I mean, such a memorable, memorable moment within Star Wars. I think these episodes are really memorable to me just, just for how they kind of, they do so many little things just to kind of cap off both, both in universe and, you know, in a, in a more meta meta way, they really cap off the Clone Wars era, you know, and 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 what Topoka City, what Camino means, you know, for the story for the clones, and I think it's really beautiful, and and impressive all the little touches that they put in, and then obviously, of course, when it all comes crashing down and then the the, the sun rises, it's just, I, I, it's just incredible. I think it's such a, such a wonderful moment, and I, I remember the first time I was watching, it, my jaw was kind of, my jaw was kind of on the floor. I was like, oh my god, they really went there. They really went they, there. They um, really, really went there. They they absolutely did. And it is the, these episodes are nothing short of a spectacle, frankly. And but before we get into the spectacle, let's 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 do our summaries. Do you want can you do return and I'll do Camino Lost? All right, yeah. So in return to Camino, Hunter has been has been captured and taken back to Camino, of course. The rest of the Bad Batch, the rest of uh, Clone Force 99. They go to Camino. They go to Camino to rescue Hunter, but of course they're walking into, they're walking into Crosshair's trap. And eventually they they do confront each other. There's a there's a fight, a showdown, and in the end Crosshair ends up going with the Bad Batch as they, 
they race to survive as um as Topoka City comes under fire from the Imperial battleships. Absolutely. And I will add some other stuff with maybe you put maybe you said this and I missed this, but but when when confronted with Crosshair, Crosshair reveals the maybe the biggest twist of the season. Oh, right, right, right. That he removed his inhibitor chip. And his decisions to stay with the Empire is completely voluntary. And it is not based on any chip that has been forced inside him. He is choosing this path for himself. I will say, when I was watching this episode earlier today, taking my notes and everything, I did not remember that twist. I did not remember that twist at all from when I first watched it in 2021. So I was just like, what? what? Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> like, it's, we, it's we absolutely unpack. shocking. We got to unpack that. And I hope they... I mean, I assume they're going to touch on that in, in season two. Maybe they have already. You know, I, I I mean, I purposefully didn't watch the first three episodes until we recorded just so I could still have kind of that 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 image in my mind of season one as it was. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was shocked. I mean, like he says, like you're not seeing the bigger picture. So I'm really yeah. curious and I, I really hope season two kind of tells us what is that bigger picture that crosshair is referring to because whatever it is i'm sure not seeing it i'm i'm sure team i'm team hunter 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i think i think, I think we, most I, people are yeah and it's 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 interesting just from the storytelling perspective it is is way more interesting now to have crosshair not being controlled by the chip and have it have it be a voluntary choice from him because there's only so much you can do with the chip. You know, the chip is a brick wall and you can get it out of the way. But, you know, the, but, but, but the brick wall has been moved already. And yet still he refuses to see what Hunter and the rest of the batch think is common sense. And it makes the conflict a lot more interesting and nuanced. It makes it way more real. And I think my, I mean, my hot take, my hot take, one of my big hot takes about Star Wars has always, or one that I've had for a long time has kind of been that the, I think the story of the clones and Order 66 would be just as believable and way more impactful. Not that, not that it isn't already a, a, a really profound and profound story, obviously a huge part of Star Wars, but my, my, my hot take is kind of, for a long time been that I think the story would have been better off without the inhibitor chips. Yeah. Kind of just I, I, show to show like the brainwashing and the the, yeah. the different clones mindsets, you know, and I I do think I remember your your opinion. I was fascinated by that opinion before. And now I won't say anything, but when you finally get to watching, and I'm not like blaming you or anything, uh, obviously, good choice, honestly. I commend your courage for not watching season two before this. Um, when you get to season two, I'm interested to see if your opinion stays the same about that. All right, well, um, I will have watched I'm, them next week so we can yeah, discuss I, that. I know. I'm not gonna say any I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say yeah, yeah. I I I'm interested to see if your opinion changes on that because I think mine might have slightly, but yeah, no, I, I think it's an interesting idea, like, you know, why do the clones commit this horrible act? Is it because they are forced to or is it because they want to? Yeah, but um, I think in I think I think 
I like the fact that there is no inhibitor chip, and I, I'm very much looking forward to that being explored because, you know, in real life, obviously, you know, people participate in atrocities and people participate in fascism, not because they have a chip in their brain, at least not yet, but because people can be can be convinced to do horrible, horrible things. And there's all sorts of all sorts of reasons for that. And I think as we go through this episode, there's a lot of moments where Crosshair is talking with Hunter where we kind of see his 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 reasoning. And I guess one of the core questions of the Bad Batch is what does loyalty mean? And I we know what we know what Crosshair for Crosshair loyalty is, you know, above all to kind of the authority force, you know, good soldiers follow orders, like no good matter what. Good soldiers follow orders, absolutely, yeah. Because I guess and... in his mind, the, the the bigger picture is that we're soldiers. We're not meant to see the bigger picture. We're meant to uphold. And to do that, we need to yeah. put our heads down and fight. Whereas for, for Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch, that loyalty is more towards each other. Yeah, and it's interesting. There, There's that, and I, and I really like this twist because... You know, obviously we know and everybody knows and the badge knows that Crosshair is wrong. But the points he's making are are from a perspective where you could genuinely see how somebody could believe this. Yeah, I mean that's the whole yeah, that's the whole point, exactly. They're 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 they're, you know, believability of Star Wars villains, you know, is all over the place. Sometimes you want more cartoony, sometimes you don't, you know. Sometimes you want crazier <clears throat> motives, sometimes you... Yeah. My favorite example is Palpatine. I don't think Palpatine can ever be made relatable. And that's, for me, is the point. Yeah, he's just an evil asshole. He, like... for, for me, he is the... He is the... Like, he's not a character. He's just the personification of pure evil. And I don't think he is relatable, and I don't think he ever should be relatable. Because that's not the point of Palpatine. The point of Palpatine is evil will find a way. He's um, a maniac who shoots lightning from his hands and controls yeah. everything. Yeah. Like not every that's... Yeah. Not every villain can has to be like a tortured soul. Yeah. Like some Absolutely. Of them do, but not not yeah. Crosshair does, but Palpatine but, yeah. doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say, but Crosshair, and I have nothing against relatable villains. I don't, but I, I, I think the Palpatine serves his purpose, and I think Crosshair also does. I think that Crosshair, like you said, is a very relatable villain. He is, and he and by him we're talking about proxy a lot of the galaxy because, you know, another theme of the show is how the Republic turns into the Empire, is how normal people like you or me get convinced into believing that fascism is not only a good idea, but is the best idea. Yeah, and you know, Crosshair has this idea that he, we need to bring order to the galaxy. Order, order, order. There needs to be structure. It needs to be organized. And yeah, he believes, and and this is going back to another classic Star Wars theme that I, that I like to flail out a lot, which is the "What do you want? And how far are you willing to go to get it?" Crosshair doesn't have many limits as to what he feels okay doing in order to achieve order. Well, he's like the classic, the classic kind of ends justify, ends justify the means kind of guy, which in, in Star Wars is the number one 
the number one way that people kind of become villains. Absolutely. You, say, you know, it's the number one imperial. Like how how many like think about like how many countless times in Star Wars has there been an imperial who's like, oh oh I know we do some unsavory things, but like oh, it's for the greater good. You know, it's for yeah. the peace, peace, freedom, justice, security, yabba dabba. You know, like it's not to say that Crosshair's story isn't like unique or interesting, but like that it's definitely like a tried and it's very much a tried and true way of of telling the story. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the imperial philosophy. The reason why so many we've seen so many villains believe it is not because of because the villains are predictable. It's because the villains are working for the same freaking faction. Like, this is not. I mean, they all have their different ways. Like, Crosshair and Orson Krennic couldn't be more different, but they're all working to do the same thing essentially. Yeah. And you know, you know, same thing with, with somebody like Crosshair and the fifth brother. Same same thing. Crosshair Crosshair and somebody like the fifth brother could not be more different. But they're working to do the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. back to I was what I was gonna say about Crosshair specifically is you know, there's that central question that really drives these two episodes, but specifically first one, Return to Camino, which is Crosshair asks very validly, why didn't you come back for me? And it's a question that I don't think the Batch had really considered before, and the story had never really considered before. And it's one of those things that I love, it, it feels obvious in hindsight, but like, I was almost surprised by it when that question came up like yeah but like looking looking back in hindsight it makes perfect sense like why didn't they do more yeah to yeah. try and save crosshair you know yeah like, and and crosshair means it slightly different way in a slightly different way than we do yeah. like because i think crosshair because i don't think crosshair could have been convinced with the chip in or even out honestly anyway that the empire was not the way to go with within the confines of this season specifically yeah but that that doesn't mean that he can't be hurt. That his his family is what we are a family, pretty much. That his family kind of was that quick to abandon him. And you and I mean, you can say you know the you can kind of see the hand of the writers being like, oh well, Crosshair's bad now. You know that yeah got to happen to make the story move forward. Yeah, but like also, but I was just gonna say like, but why? But, but you know. Obviously, the action sequences were preventing them, but like, you know, doors were closing, they were trying to get on the shuttle, Crosshair was shooting at them, and they just went up and left. And they didn't try to come back. They didn't yeah. try to come back for an entire season. I mean, say what you will about Hunter and Wrecker and Tech and Echo, but they left their brother behind. Yeah, they made that choice, and I mean, yep. yeah, there's a little exchange, you know, at the beginning of the episode, Hunter's like, oh, we had no, you know, Crosshair is like, why didn't you come back? Hunter says, we had no choice, and Crosshair says, and I did? Yeah, but but then that, but But is that contradicted by the fact that he said, like, he said, I, like, is that contradicted by the fact that he then reveals that he had his inhibitor chip out, presumably the whole time, like, does he well, mean Well, we that, don't know like, the whole time. We don't know when Crosshair got his chip out. 
But he said um, he had it out for, didn't he say he had it out like a long time ago or a long time? or Yeah, like a lot of people's theories and the theory that I subscribe to is that, remember when he got super burned on Braca? Mm, yeah. I think maybe, because he got burned in the part of the head where the chip was. Mm. And the idea is that the chip was a bit damaged and he's like, I gotta get this thing out. Mm. That's a possibility, yeah. So, and I'm not saying that's not a long time. I'm saying that you know that's that, but but I, I really do think that that he that that it that it was a choice he made, and I think it was a lot about because you know he asked them to join him in the empire again. He asked them several times to do that. Yeah, and. You know, I, I'm not saying that Hunter and and Omega and Tech and Echo and Wrecker are bad, but they made a bad choice. Yeah. You, you, you know, we can we can argue all all we want. I mean, is um, it a bad choice? You know, like I. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like how bad is it relative to other choices they made? And like, I think they did a lot of good. And I, I obviously love them. And I think they made a lot of good. They did a lot of good throughout this season for the galaxy. But you know, they also left one of their own behind. Yeah, I guess that's that's interesting. What's interesting there is that yeah, I mean, as as we we know what we know about these characters, we know who Crosshair is, we know who Hunter and and Wrecker and Tech are. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's actually Crosshair who's like, even though he is. You know, supporting this, you know, supporting a horrible dictatorship of regime. You know, he's killing a lot of people. He's clearly the villain, but he is more forgiving. At the end yeah. of the day, that's that's really interesting. Is that he wants? At the end of it, I think it's actually the Bad Batch who are kind of more principled in their thinking about politics and it's it's crosshair actually despite everything he says about the empire despite hunters saying we're loyal to each other it's actually crosshair who is more i mean obviously he like shoots all the tk troopers in that one scene which is a freaking badass moment by the way one shot four down absolutely like chills but it's it's him who he is the one despite like choosing the empire he is the one who like wants the family all back together more, I think. Just just based on based on his actions and based on the Bad Batch's actions, which may I mean that may not be entirely fair because the Bad Batch they don't ex- they don't exactly have the ways and means to 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 get back to him, but I mean the proof is in the pudding, somewhat. You know, I, I'm 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 not sure what I think about this. You know, but but yeah. it's an interesting. I'd love to get into that paradox. The, the the him killing his four lieutenants like that yeah because i actually have a thought about that which is that it is meant to be this subversive shocking twist but i think it lines up perfectly with where crosshair is as a character yeah. I, I i i think he thinks it's this rebellious act but it isn't because i mean he, yeah how mad is the empire really going to be if they found out that Crosshair shot four of the troopers. 
Yeah, I mean, and plus, like, to me, it wasn't that shocking given, you know, we already know Crosshair hates the TK troopers and he thinks that the mutant clones are superior and should be at the forefront. Yeah. He has no he has no more love for the conscripts than he does for the regs. But Crosshair thinks I I feel like Crosshair thinks it's going to shock them. And it does to a certain extent, but it really shouldn't have. I'm not trying to criticize the characters or anything. I'm just saying that I think Crosshair thinks he's going rogue in this uh, like 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 to like to sacrifice a little bit to get his squad to like realize that he's really committed to them. But he's not going rogue. You know what I mean? He's like, like, I don't think the Empire would mind that much at all about those four troopers' deaths. Oh, absolutely not. It's an entire it's entirely we have to remember like Tarkin is kind of Tarkin is watching over like all of this, you know, kind of trying to figure out do we want to go well, for Rampart the clones? Is. Rampart. I mean Tarkin not not metaphorically. Not not, yeah. not literally there, but yeah. like he like this entire thing as well like all the infighting like it's what the empire wants it's what they're it's what they're built on and although it is it is ultimately their downfall but you know for the time being it still plays everything that happens plays straight into the empire's hands of just want they want to they just want to see are they going to use conscripts or clones going forward that's yeah. that that's the empire's only real interest so the Empire doesn't care if they all blow each other up and die in the end. I mean, they do, but not be, not because they care about the people, but because they care about the resources. Yeah. I mean, they're um, all numbers to the Empire. Yeah, they are. I think Hunter even says something like that. He says, like, no matter what, you'll just you'll just always be, a, be number a number to them. Yeah. To the Empire. And, and that's the irony of this whole situation that I that I love, which is that Crosshair realizes that he can kill those TK troopers. Because, or the, not the TK Troopers, but I guess his, like, special commando units. Because they're not important to the Empire. They're disposable. Yeah, he won't get But what trouble. he cannot get past his brain is that he's disposable, too. Yeah. They can and will throw him away once he's not useful to them. I mean, I think on some, I think on some level it seems like he knows that. He just kind of doesn't care because he thinks that... He, it's the right thing to do. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. You think he really, I think he, think really I, I think he knows that. I think he doesn't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he thinks that there is... I think that there there's this idea that just came into my head, which is like the idea of like, well, yeah, they're, they'll kill people who are not useful to them, but I could never be useless to them. Oh. I'm superior. I'm, but it's oh, not yeah, about. Oh yeah, I get, I get what you mean. I, I think mean. he thinks he can win, but there's no winning in this system. Yeah. It there's just surviving and there's losing. There's surviving and there's dying, and one day you you win until you lose. You know what I mean? You can only lose once. Yeah. And right. what Crosshair doesn't realize is that that day's coming for him some point whether he likes it or not yeah and and that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole theme of the show yeah and yeah. and 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 he 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 thinks that he he is still thinking very much in the short term whereas the yeah. batters are very much thinking in the long term which is yeah, another I mean, incredibly star wars theme 
yeah i mean that's kind of the whole the bad batch all of them except for hunter or sorry except for cross all of them except for crosshair went on this like huge journey during the season where they you know they went out in the galaxy they had all these different adventures they had some close calls and that that shifted their perspective and that made them realize you know what they need to what they need to do you know how they need to conduct conduct themselves long term the crosshair hasn't had any of that he's still in just like clone 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 fight fight for the republic for the or i guess for the empire now you know like for yeah. the undying glory he's still he's still in full clone mode he's not in like long i mean like yeah like you said he's not in like adapt or die long-term mode yeah, absolutely. What was I gonna say? I'm. I want to get to some of the more aesthetic stuff of the episode, which like. Oh my gosh, this episode. The world building this episode does for Camino is actually fantastic. I think the world building it does both these episodes do for Camino is fantastic. We get to see, and this is interesting. And I want want to get your take on this. What did you What did you make of the lab? We visit the lab twice, where Omega as well as the Batch, we learn are younger than her physically, were made. Why do you think we went there? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I from a hard plot standpoint, I can't really say, but I did think it was a great, it was a real great moment getting to see Omega go back to her birthplace, you know, seeing the 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 bad batch, especially a wrecker, you know, when he he has that moment, you know, be, for them to be able to have that moment is I think it's just one more little piece that kind of makes this a great farewell to Camino, you know, to the clones, to this chapter of, of the Star Wars story. Absolutely. Um, what do you, what is your, what's your take on it? I have this idea just now in my head that what, what I really like about the lab actually is that, you know, and there's a lot of talk about destiny and, and, and those and themes around that idea and fate in Star Wars. And I'm not saying that everything has been predetermined in Star Wars. I think people very much have their own choices. But one of the thing, one of the ideas I think that maybe was trying to be portrayed by that sequence was the idea that Omega ending up with the Bad Batch wasn't a fluke. Like it wasn't something that just happened to occur. Like they were part of the same, like they're part like of the they same were created world. together. Like obviously they were separated for most of their life, but like eventually they were going to find a way back to each other. Yeah. Okay. Like I, like, I, 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 and I feel like that. And here's like another example. In a recent interview for season two, Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rao, who are the showrunners of the Bad Batch, confirmed that we will not be seeing Boa Fett in season two of the Bad Batch. Fair enough. I, I can't um, say I was expecting to, but it could my, it, honestly it could could have it could have happened. It couldn't will have happened, you know. I'm not shocked that it didn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think yeah. that eventually, if Omega survives long enough, she is going to meet up with her twin. The evil, the evil twin. <laughs> that, would, well, that would be sick, actually. Eat, well, well, the evil twin for a time, and you know, by by book, he's pretty, he's not looking so evil anymore. I mean, do you remember him in the Clone Wars? 
I mean, he might have only been that, however old he was, but he was a he was a piece of work, man. He did some crazy stuff in the Clone Wars. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm not saying that he's a good person. I'm saying that yeah. you know he's he's a bit more complicated than that. I'm using the term evil when a bit colloquial. I'm using that a bit colloquially here. Yeah. No, I get it. But, uh, but yeah, but I, I mean, I, he's like a different person by the time. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is. I have a hard time believing that those two won't find a way back to each other. It would be very interesting to see that. It would be really cool to see. Have that see them have that realization. Yeah. yeah that would be that'd be sick. But I I guess my point was that like the lab for me is 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 a is a signaling that that Omega with the batch is not an accident. She is gonna, they... as much of a part of the squad as any of any singular one of them is that's a great take yeah i like that i i agree i feel like it shows that they're like part of the same you know even even not just that not just as both of them not just both of them as clones but like you know what i mean like there's there's something more than that yeah it, like, it is it is yeah for yeah for me it is about that like family yeah. aspect i guess like, they're very they're all very unique clones. They're very special, you know. They're one of these very few kind of part of Nolases, you know, program. You know. Yeah, I I, th I think you're I think you're really on to something there. I didn't think of that, but I have to I have to heartily agree with that. Yeah, I I I was just, you know, I was just thinking about that. And also I love the tunnels. You know, we see a lot of them in the second episode, but we also see them in the first episode. Those those underwater tunnels have this incredibly eerie vibe to me. Oh yeah, and I I love I, I love a lot of the ambiance that we get in these two episodes because Camino is so empty. Yeah, you know they they've been planning to do this for a while. Yeah, from a from like a world building kind of the 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 kind of the the fate of the fate of Camino subplot that's been woven through that I hope continues in season two obviously with nala say being on being on wayland just that scene of crosshair not cross sorry of, yeah of crosshair marching 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 hunter through the uh, through the empty halls and hunter you know deducing like wait there's no regs here there's no kaminoans either everyone's being transferred this whole place is being decommissioned oh my gosh that realization that's such a good chef's kiss that yeah it, it it's chef's really kiss. great do you have anything else for this episode beyond there's one more thing I want to do, but I want to see if you have anything else for this episode before we go on to, I think maybe my favorite part of either of these two episodes, I think. Mm. I just think the fair, the, the shots at the end of the, or near the end of the episode, you know, eh, that little kind of, that was it. That, that was it. I was so going to say, can I, can I segue then? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. That farewell. I mean, I obviously we're going to talk about that for, to me, like, I got I got chills. I got goosebumps like lump in my throat. You know, the shots, that shot of the dining hall, you know, the music, it's the cloning tubes. It's so perfect. It's such a I mean, it's like the perfect. I'm sure you can elaborate on this. It's the perfect little homage to kind of the Clone Wars, to Kamino, to the clones, just to kind of cap it all off before it gets destroyed. It's such a good moment. And I'm so happy that they they put that little nugget in there. It was so good. And I appreciated it so much. There, there's so much to love about the sequence. I mean, first of all, it starts off with the classic, "You may fa when ready," and that is 
is is heartbreaking frankly is is i don't think anyone really expected the orbital bombardment of camino going into the season but it seems like the most logical course of action now looking back on it it really does to me it it is a it is it is quite literally the sundering of the origin of the clone wars you know these yeah, are where I, those I clones... sorry go sorry. ahead it's, it's the sundering of the origins of the clone wars this is the sundering of where the clones were literally made yeah like the old era is gone the war is over the empire has made it clear that it's ready to move on Yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I was very surprised the first time I watched it. I thought it was a great, great way to end things. You know, I thought there was going to be a whole drawn out, you know, subplot throughout a couple of seasons, maybe, you know, a lot of the intrigue, you know, maybe like a clone revolution, you know, kind of following more of the legends track of what happened. But I also think it was, it, it, that could that could have been really cool, but I also think they, they, they did a good job of it, you know, just kind of cleanly being like, we're done, it's over, no need to. No need to push it any further. Yeah, it, it's 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 incredibly dramatic. And one of the things I love most is that you know, Camino. Like, there's nothing else on Camino. No one ever gonna go back there. Like, you know, quite literally, nothing else is there. You know what I mean? So, in a way, you know, with Tales of the yeah, Jedi, we got. To see and and you know we've already we already knew about this Camino being erased from the Jedi archives and yeah. in a way Camino's been erased again Camino now has been doubly erased from the galaxy uh, the first time was just by Dooku removing the knowledge from the Jedi archives they were already a pretty secluded planet so nobody knew about them but now, like, and again, nobody's going to Camino. No one's ever going to Camino. So this is the full erasure of that planet from the galaxy. It is quite literally just the vast ocean after this. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great way to end it all. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, and, and I, I actually, this is the, this is the other thing I really love about this season is that i don't know if you noticed but when they get up to that platform at the very end of camino lost it's not raining anymore yeah the that's, sky's that's cleared the up. moment that kind of for me i'm like look what is happening why why now for me i feel like it's about the nightmare of the clones and the clone wars it's over there is no more, there's, there are no more torrents of rain and war and, you know, bloodshed. It is, for better or for worse, it's clear now. There's nothing left of it. Yeah, like the truth, kind of the truth is out there. The The clouds have, the clouds have parted. Yeah. Um, but in a, in a more literal sense, you know, yeah. as well. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Thinking about the moment, I'm like, how? Like, were they controlling the weather? I thought it was just perpetually rainy and stormy. I thought it was too, and 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 that is, 
that that is a, a very good question about why the weather just suddenly cleared up at that moment but for me it that's a, a very much about the it's a very much about the why not the how in that moment i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna say that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say that. but 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 i think i just think that at the end of the episode the bombing and, and i guess carrying over into camino lost it's just beautiful it's, it's, i mean it's, there's it's, not a lot of dialogue so it allows the animators and especially props to Kevin Kiner. Oh my gosh. For props, absolutely props to Kevin Kiner. ripping that the the soundtrack for the destruction of Camino. One of the things I find most interesting about this, both, both of these episodes, I guess, as the two-part finale is, you know, there's been a tendency in the end of Star Wars seasons to either have them be really, really freaking dramatic like really flashy i'm thinking like the end of andor season one the end of rebel season three you know what i mean or there's like a surprise appearance at the end flygon and palpatine at the end of obi-wan kenobi luke at the end of mandalorian dark saber at the end of mandalorian blah 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 or there's like a shocking twist seasons five and seven of the clone wars i can try i can think of some other stuff i'm not saying any of those endings are bad but this is not one of them there's no, like, like specifically talking about Kamina Lost, there's no shocking twist. It's not very dramatic. It's literally just a bunch of stuff is sinking and then they rise up. That yeah. If you had to describe it in terms of, like, raw plot, that's what happens in this episode. But there's almost a beauty in how quiet it is. It's, al- it's, it's almost beautiful in that there is no, like, you know... I remember specifically, there were... There were a bunch of places where I thought that, like, and and, and this was a legit worry of mine, that they were going to, you know, like, Omega was drowning at the end of the episode, and instead of Crosshair, we, she, we just see her being lifted back up from the water, and the, the camera pans, and it's Ahsoka. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that was a legitimate worry of mine. I love Ahsoka, really do, swear to God. But, like, there was always worried. I'm like, okay, when are they going to be rescued by Ahsoka? Like, they're they're not going to miss a chance to put her in here. But they haven't put her in yet, and I don't think they're going to anytime soon, which I'm very grateful for. But but no, there's no deus ex machina, as, as, as fun as those are. There's no Ahsoka to rescue them. There's no Rex to rescue them. This is a story about the characters. And this is a story about these events. And it is completely fine with being completely self-contained yeah i think i think it's i i really like that it's self-contained i really like also you know like you said no surprise just the way that they the way that they set it up and put the last episode in place it's they they just make it the perfect the perfect platform just to for there to be a bunch of you know juicy juicy interpersonal growth and and moments i guess that's what i i find the most interesting yeah I guess I, that, that's one I find the most interesting about this, the specifically Camino Lost, is that it isn't a plot-heavy episode. It really isn't. Yeah. Like, it, like again, logistically, not much happens. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying that as a, like, why? You know, if they're sacrificing plot, they're sacrificing plot for the character development, for the visuals. This is a very, this is a, an event-based finale. This is not a... 
actually, I feel like it, in many ways it is similar to Rebel season three with, you know, the Bendu foiling Thrawn's plans. Like, there's a battle and the Empire gets close to winning, but they don't. And the Rebels manage to get escape with far fewer of the forces that they had before. What else happens in Zero Hour, really? At least the second part. I'm talking about the second part. Not much. Yeah. Because it's not about that. It's not about what happens. It's about how it happens. It's about why it happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think that all the moments that we have with Cross, specifically with Crosshair and with him, you know, grappling with everything that's happened, you know, having his moments with each member of the batch, you know, having his moment with Tech, having his many moments with Hunter, having his moments with Omega, even, you know, getting to see the, getting to see, you know, their old, like, their old barracks one last time. Like, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And, and there's that line I'm looking at from my notes now. All those missions together and you threw it away. Yeah. When Crosshair says that, they're literally meters and meters and meters underwater. Like, you know, any sane person would be worried about their survival right now. You know, Echo says their oxygen levels are are lowering. They'd be gone within a few hours. But Crosshair is still stung by the betrayal. Yeah. It's really, I mean, no matter what he says, he says the difference. He, what does he say at one point? He says, like, the difference between you and me. You take things too personally. Says he, that to Hunter. Your problem is that you take things too personally. Yeah. And yet, clearly, like he has taken it very yeah. very personally he, and i think you can blame him you know yeah i we, we and, probably and, would too and, and yeah and, and i and i but, but what, I, what i love about it is is that like you know like yes the episode is about surviving yes the, the episode is about getting like but the climax of the episode at least in my opinion of kamina lost and i guess i didn't really do a summary of kamina lost but i'll i guess i'll just do a mini summary right now in kamino in kamino lost hunter and Crosshair and Omega and the rest of the batch, Tech Wrecker and Echo, managed to get through a tunnel before a sea creature destroy, destroys it and rise back up to the surface of Kamino through medical cap through medical capsules. Unfortunately, Omega gets caught on some debris and AZ3. The droid can't quite get her out, but she is saved by Crosshair. With, with a harpoon fired from his rifle. And the, the next day, the crew is getting ready to go back aboard the Kavik Marauder. They ask Crosshair to come back one last time. He refuses again. And they leave Topoka City for the last time. But I guess back to what I was saying before, you know, the, the climax of the episode, when, when Crosshair saves Omega, it's a character moment. Again, it, it's all about the characters. It is all about the characters. And there's something so beautiful about the fact that there's not a, like, like you know, the explosion of Camino is more symbolic than anything. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot lost there. I mean, obviously, history and, like, a lot of infrastructure, obviously. But, like, the Empire thought they killed the Bad Batch there. Bit of a slight spoiler for season two they thought they killed the bad batch but they didn't and from what we know they didn't kill anybody in that explosion yeah all of the Kaminoans and all of the clones were loaded off world they didn't kill anybody 
this was literally just about destroying the site. Yeah. This is this is literally just about making sure they couldn't do it again. Or and nobody could do it again. In in true imperial fashion, it feels like it was almost as it was almost as symbolic. It, it, or it, kind of Yeah, absolutely. I almost I almost want to say it feels a bit like an ego move on Tarkin and Rampart's part, you know, like they could have yeah. they could have used those resources, you know, they could have used and I guess they did save a lot of the scientific knowledge and, and know-how of the of the Kaminoans and their technology because they took a lot of them off world. But still, like they could have turned that into like an imperial imperial facility, you know? They didn't have to just destroy it, but they did because well when when you're the Empire, you don't really need a reason. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. And but I think let's that see. sorry, go ahead. No, I know, go ahead. I want to go back to, to Crosshair in this episode. It's really interesting. You know, his idea, we, we've already talked about, you know, his idea of loyalty and, you know, obviously that being such a big theme throughout the Bad Batch. But ultimately, you know, he, he kind of confirms that it's not personal when he, when he saves Omega, or at least that he has, he has some humanity left. Which we already knew, but like he has enough yeah. humanity left to 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 save Omega, regardless of of what else is happening. You know, he's not he's not just cold blooded. Yeah, I, I, I think the the idea of him saving Omega and also not joining them at the end, yeah, was one of the most interesting combinations they could have done. Yeah, because I hate, I hate I hate you guys and I hate what you stand for, but I'll still save Omega because I'm not. Yeah. Well, I have he, a heart still, you know. Like I yeah. think it makes sense he can't like 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 it is 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 it redemption no no it isn't is it in that direction yes it is and then he doubles back on it yeah i mean redemption and, as an idea feels like to me it feels moot to this story you know because it's not necessarily about what you did and there being some great you know moral calculus of plus this minus that it's just yeah. about where you're at in that moment. And I think what this episode is kind of saying is that, like, ultimately, it seems like Crosshair is not a bad dude. That's yeah. what this is about. You know, he is misguided. And ultimately, what this is saying is that, like, everyone in true Star Wars fashion, most people truly deserve a second chance. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, because most people aren't actually pure evil. There are more there are more crosshairs in the world than there are palpatines to go Absolutely. back to what you said at the beginning. And, and and I think it's interesting just to think about this series because in, in this way that you were talking about, because yeah. Is Crosshair on the light side? Is he on the dark side? I don't really think either of those fit him very well right now. And there, there's that idea that 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 Lucas was talking about around the original trilogy about the Vader reveal, where he's like, and you realize the middle of the trilogy that who you thought was the villain was really the victim. And that, I think, yeah. describes Crosshair perfectly in this situation. Like, yes, is he bowing to fascism? Yes. But 
he is one giant, not not one giant, he's one small cog in this gigantic imperial fascist machine. And is it really, how much of it is his fault that he fell for the propaganda? How much is it his fault that he wasn't able to resist the inhibitorship's influence when the other batch, when the other members of the batch were able to? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting question. I think, uh, yeah, hopefully, like, hopefully, all will be revealed in season, or hopefully, we'll work on this in season two. But yeah, I I'm saying nothing. But I was definitely left with more questions than answers. Yeah, it this, it. it uh, season probably uh, doubtlessly by design yeah actually. oh 100 <clears throat> percent. yeah I, I think one of the great masterpieces of the end of the season is it's more it's, it's is its ambiguity we don't know what it all means and by the way even though i've seen the first three episodes of the bad batch season two i still don't really have that many more answers than you do as to what it means like 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 i'm we're still not very close to getting answers and i think that that's a really interesting zone to be in i'll just say that absolutely yeah i I guess one last thing i'll throw out for this episode that i think is is really fantastic is that line that tech says to crosshair and i remember when this line came out and it had a humongous like everybody on twitter was absolutely blown away by this line and for good reason because it's a damn good line Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. And it gets to that very Star Wars theme of empathy, of being able to step back from your situation and examine a situation that somebody else is in and to be able to identify with that, even if you don't agree. Yeah. It's extremely simple, but it is extremely powerful. I think it's I think it's just great. I think in life, you know, in life it's never almost never so simple. Yeah. No matter no matter what, no matter what it is, it's almost never so simple as you're completely wrong. Even if even if someone is like standing for something so horrible. Yeah. It's almost I- it's almost never like you are not worth you are not worth trying to redeem you know you are not worth trying to try to de-radicalize you know so i I really like that i think there's there's that line from range of the sith that we've talked about a few times on the show this war represents a failure to listen and i think that's a subtle arc that tech's going through and i'm not going to spoil anything but he has another interesting version of this arc like a little like a little character development in the second episode of season two of the bad batch for those of you again jacob hasn't seen it so i'm not going to spoil anything but i'm specifically talking about tech's interactions with a character named romar not going to say anything about him but but for those who've watched it i think you'll get what i'm talking about of empathy tech tech is that's one of the things tech is learning is that he is so used to having all of the answers because he is just that smart. He is genetically engineered to be just that smart. But that's it, that's not how the galaxy works. That's not how the world works. 
no one has all the answers. And I think he's learning very slowly to be okay with that. To be okay with not having the answer. And, you know, I'm sure if he could fix Crosshair, he would. But I think he's he's come to understand by the end of the season. And who knows, maybe he's understood this more than I thought he had in the past. But I think he's understood that he can't just fix crosshair like he'd fix any other technical thing. That's just not how that works. Yeah. And 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 I really like that idea. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the first episode of season two. I'm I'm very very hyped for it. The, the, um, there, there's some interesting stuff, and and there, and already there's some interesting themes being, being generated. I won't, I won't say anything else. But I, I guess if there's nothing else, what do you think about shoot? What, what, what do you think overall about these two episodes? Overall, I really enjoyed them. I thought it was a great way to to wind up. It was a great way to kind of put a bow on season one, cap off this era of Star Wars. Yeah, nothing to complain about. A lot lot of lot to chew on, a lot of thought-provoking material. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, absolutely. I I I, I there there's so much great meaty stuff in this episode and I think it casts off the season really well. I think as time goes on, I think these episodes will mean more and more. Honestly, I think that once season 2 ends, I think these episodes will mean more. I think that once the show ends, this episode will mean more. These episodes will mean more. And I think I think that these are these are really quite underrated episodes of Star Wars television. I think that's gonna be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Thank you so much for listening to season eleven of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We're it's eleven, right? Eleven. Yes, we are. Se- this go. is season eleven of Star Wars in the Galaxy. I get. I guess we're not done. We'll have our retrospective next week. But sorry about this. We were cut off in here, but we are. We we, we are back, and we're very excited about going finishing up season eleven next episode and moving into season twelve, which, as we talked about before, is going to be Star Wars droids. We're gonna delve into old legends. We're gonna see. What of that, like, what What of the, the late 80s cartoons where we can scavenge to make a, a good show? We're very excited about that. Neither of us have seen droids, and I know very few things about it. I think I probably know a bit more than Jacob, but I don't, I know, I know a few character names, and that's it. So this could be, this could be great, it could be awful, and it's, it's, it, I'm really excited about it. Jake, do you have anything else to say about this before I plug some stuff that's going on ahead of time? No, I'm super excited for season two. Super excited for everything coming up on In a Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Epic Confrontations, I want to just talk about a little bit because as you may have noticed, that's been a little delayed, but we are getting it done as of this recording time. The day after this recording, we are going to be recording Big Chungus versus Bangers and Smash. That is going to be EC8, despite what I've said in the past. EC9 will be recorded very shortly after Chris Ryan's versus Brian Fennessy. Those will be out in very rapid succession. And I'm sure this will be announced then by the end of these matches. So I guess I'll announce EC10, which is going to be Jared the Dark Jedi versus Abel Sheehy from Skywalking Through the League. Jared's beat one Skywalking Through the League host. Now he's trying to beat the other. And that's very exciting. But I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars and the Galaxy. We'll be back next week with our season 11 retrospective on the Bad Batch Season 1. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Pod. 
Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy Hive and in a Galaxy Pod. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. We will be there. If we're not, email us swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Also with your hot takes and all that kind of stuff, your questions, all of that kind of stuff. We love hearing from listeners. And I think, oh, subscribe to the Galaxy YouTube channel. That's where we epic confrontations and all that, all of our other random streams and stuff. Hope you all enjoyed the stream of Boba Fett we did a few weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Alden Diaz, Corey Fox, Jess Schloth, Trey Mitchell, Bill Sheehy. Yeah, that was, that's all of them. For joining us on that stream. That was an incredibly fun time. We had such a fun time with all of you. And yeah, until next time, I think all there's left to say is, may the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>